Hello and welcome to the Permission to Change podcast. I'm your host Danielle Illingworth and I'm a kinesiologist, naturopath, intuitive coach and author of Quit Stressing About Food. This podcast is all about why we crave change as humans, why it's often difficult to make those changes and we really dig into what is holding you back from making those changes in your life. So whether it's your work, relationships, weight, health, finances, parenting, If you are feeling stuck and frustrated in any area of your life, this podcast is for you. I've kept the episodes short and sweet, and each season I also share one or two longer episodes interviewing another expert in that particular area. Thank you so much for listening. Let's dive into the episode. I am absolutely thrilled to welcome Savan, our expert, for this episode. Savan is a trauma-informed master coach and Rapid Transformational Therapist, Psych-K Facilitator, and Nutritional Therapist. Working with nutrition clients, Savan quickly observed that her clients' food and health challenges were only surface-level symptoms of much deeper-rooted issues. This led her to follow her fascination with human behaviour and the subconscious mind, and Savan now supports men and women across the world to uncover and release the root cause of their unwanted patterns and behaviours so that they can live a more empowered and fully expressed life. I had such a wonderful chat with Savan. Our professional journeys really do align, as you'll hear in the call, and I have worked with her before as well. Um, So let's dive into the episode. I can't wait to share this one with you. Hi, Savan. Thank you so much for joining me. Hey, I'm really happy to be here. (laughs) Um, So my podcast theme for the season has been all around like subconscious mind, uh, mindset fears, beliefs that we're holding on to, all of that stuff. Um, And the reason that I really wanted to have you on is as an RTT therapist, I'm really interested to know your take on this. Um, Could you give us a brief overview of how you work with the subconscious mind? Yeah, like your theme for the season is like totally my jam. (laughs) So RTT stands for Rapid Transformational Therapy, which is basically a modality that combines like the most potent um, tools from NLP, from psychotherapy, cognitive behavioral therapy, and and like other modalities. And it brings it together into a session that's done under hypnosis. So basically we get to do the work that you would normally do with a a coach or or even with with some therapist, but under hypnosis meaning we do it directly with the subconscious mind so what that allows us to do is to go directly to the root cause of whatever is the issue that's holding you back or the thing you want to be working on and this could be anything from um, any behavioral patterns that are not serving you or or even addictions or fears really anything that's standing in your way that you can't quite seem to shift even though you know it's not serving you it's not the way you want to be in the world Um, we work from the premise that the subconscious mind basically holds all the information and knows everything. And it really is like the the job of the subconscious mind is to really keep you safe. So even if there is a behavior that, um, you know, isn't serving you, isn't good for you, for example, um, smoking, for example, we consciously know that it's not good for us, but subconsciously, 
the mind believes that it's somehow serving a purpose. And I can just give a quick example for if we're talking about smoking, is that if say in high school, you weren't very popular, but once you started smoking, you got a gang to hang out with and it made you feel really good about yourself. The subconscious mind will make that connection that smoking keeps you safe from abandonment, from rejection, from all the things that are, are very basic human needs. And so once that connection is formed, the mind will do whatever it can to make sure that you're staying safe by smoking for this example. Um, so really the subconscious mind drives 95% of our actions, behaviors, of everything we see on the surface. And the conscious mind is only 5%. So knowing that smoking is bad for us is 5%. And 95% of our being believes that smoking is somehow keeping us safe, which is why it's so hard to just shift, even though we know it's, it's harming us. So with RTT, we really get back into where does it stem from? And in this case, we would go back to this high school situation with your friends and you get to go back and let it from an empowered perspective of the adult you are today. And you'd be able to um, really transform and reframe the beliefs that you formed at the time that smoking means this and that about you, about the world, about the people. And you're able to just let that go. And then after the session, what basically happens is that your subconscious mind, the 95% is on board with that 5% conscious desire. And so it's just so much easier to change. Just, it just happens. It's just, it just flows from there. Um, so that's, that's the gist of what RCT is. Yeah, I love that. And it's um, like, obviously I work with the subconscious mind in kinesiology as well. Um, and I find that for my clients, it takes so much of the blame away um, so many of my clients come to me frustrated because it's like, I know this is bad for me. Why am I still doing it? What's wrong with me? And when you can actually delve into that, it's like bringing light to all of these unhelpful fears and beliefs and all this stuff that you're holding on to that's actually driving most of your behavior. Can you talk to us a bit about how the hypnosis actually helps to change those beliefs? Yeah, and I'll just speak to, to what you said is that we often have like, shame around our behaviors or um, like guilt or frustration, we beat ourselves up or we feel that we're doing something wrong. And in fact, if we understand that the way the mind works is that this unwanted behavior or fear or whatever is actually working for us on some level as keeping us safe, um, that we can find compassion for that part of us, which brings on healing in a, in a much quicker way because it takes the resistance away if that makes sense. Yes, definitely. I'm all about the self-compassion. I totally follow that. Yeah. And what was the other part of your question? Because I just forgot. hypnosis in itself and how yeah. that kind of accesses those fears and beliefs that are going on in the subconscious. Yeah. Great question. There's actually a lot of misconception around um, hypnosis. People think that they're, they're not going to be in control, that they're going to be asleep. And it's really not like that. The, the state of hypnosis that I put my clients into is very much, it's an alpha brainwave state, which is the same as just before we fall asleep at night or when we're meditating and we're in that nice kind of calm space where the mind can just be silent. Um, you don't even know that you're going into hypnosis. Like when the session starts, it's like a guided relaxation. And um, before you know it, you're just feeling beautifully relaxed. And what actually happens is that the subconscious mind is then able to 
come forward because the conscious mind, the monkey mind is always chattering and, and has all of these, um, I don't know, this, this, the crap we tell ourselves every day on repeat, <laughs> that, can, that can actually stop and the subconscious can actually come up with what I believe is our truth. And what's beautiful about that is that when we ask, when we ask the subconscious, like, tell me what is the root cause of my binge eating? It will come up with a memory. And this can be something that you consciously remember happening to you. This can be something that maybe you, you know happened because your parents told you about it. It can be, I have clients go back to their womb. Um, it's all stored in the subconscious. And if there's information there that's relevant to the behavior that you're wanting to change, the mind knows that and will bring it up. And so within, within that state of hypnosis, you're actually able to make connections and connect dots that you wouldn't normally be able to. So for example, some, like sometimes you go back to a memory that you've already visited, you've already like thought you worked through or that you, you know, had therapy or coaching or kinesiology, whatever it is that you do. But there's something there that you, that you may have missed. And in the hypnotic state, you really get to see it from a different perspective. And it's almost like the, the most common thing I hear from clients is like, I didn't think that event had such a big impact on me because it's oftentimes mm. not going to be your big traumas. It's going to be like the little comment that the teacher made or when, I don't know, mom made you the wrong sandwich for lunch. Like it doesn't have to be these big, massive things, but as a little child, you make certain things mean something about you, about the world, about the people around you, which makes sense when you're, you know, two or three or, or five, most of our beliefs are formed before the age of seven and we never go back and revisit them. So it's almost like we're, we're a computer running on an old software that's never been upgraded so it's going to be glitchy it's going to have bugs and so when we go in um to the subconscious using the the hypnosis we're able to basically upgrade the program and and um change and reframe these old beliefs that don't serve you to ones I, that I love are that empowering and, yeah and basically matching what what you want to be achieving so how would you compare something like psychology and counseling and talk-based therapies? I feel like that's where a lot of people start with their healing journey. How does that compare to something like RTT and hypnosis? Yeah, um, I'll start by saying that I have nothing against talk therapy and counseling. Like I think they're great and they have their place. Um, they are very different to RTT, mainly because I feel like when you go to a therapist, the idea is that you come in week after week for years at a time or however long it takes. And it's it's not really about, um, I mean, it's a, it's a different focus, right? You get to talk about your things. Whereas with RTT, the, it's very results focused. So we, we kind of go full circle. We um, get to the root cause of whatever it is and we do whatever work needs to happen to reframe it and, and, and you know, work with the inner child and heal with whatever's there. And then we get to install the new beliefs the new desires and you come out of it feeling empowered and free and even physically lighter. Like I've had clients tell me it feels like 10 years of therapy in one session. So they're just very, very different. We really don't spend time just talking about the issues. Even in my intake, like the, the interviews are fairly short because I know that whatever we need to know will be brought up by the subconscious. And when we do the conscious 
discussions, it, a lot of it is guesswork and what we think it might mean. Um, so I like to just cut, basically cut through the chase and get to the root so we can quickly, um, yeah, get to having the client feel empowered and, and, and free. Yeah, because the power is in the subconscious, right? If that's 95%, then um, I find that with my clients who've been through psychology and counselling and those kind of talk-based therapies, they're helpful up until a point. And after that point, it just kind of feels like you're going around in circles and talking about the same stuff and not getting any further with it. So then when you're able to drop into the subconscious, it's like, okay, let's actually get to the root of it. Let's get to the bottom of it and work from the ground up. Yeah, hundred percent. And and if you're familiar with the iceberg analogy, so we have the the 5% that is the, the conscious mind above the water level and the 90, 95% of the subconscious is under the water level. Basically what we want to be doing is lowering that water line. So more of our subconscious beliefs and paradigms that are driving our behaviors are above the waterline because once we have awareness around them, we can then do something about it. But when you go there, it's going to be a level of lowering the waterline, but it is, like you say, it is kind of limited. And once we, like with hypnosis, with RTT, we can basically just dive right under the water and go and go deep. Let's get to the bottom of it. So what was it yeah. that got you interested in this field of work? Was it your personal experiences that got you to this place where you trained as an RTT therapist? Yeah, I mean, definitely my own journey is a huge part of it, but my background is actually in nutrition. And what I was finding is that a lot of my clients, like after the second or third session, we weren't even talking about food anymore. We were talking about habits and behaviors and self-sabotage. And I really felt like, I just, I just didn't have the tools to take them where they needed to go. And it was very clear to me because as a nutritionist, I just thought, well, you just, you know, you just follow the meal plan and yeah. <laughs> everything will be better. <laughs> and um, it doesn't work that way. And even with myself, I noticed that even when I cleaned up my diet, you know, back when I <laughs> subscribed to that, um, then I wasn't stuffing my face with brownies. They were now paleo brownies, but the pattern was still the same right so mm -hmm. that kind of clued me into like there's deeper stuff that needs to be looked at and I just I just thought yeah hypnotherapy would be the way to go because I knew it was subconscious but when I came across RTT it's just it just combines so many different tools because oftentimes when it's just hypnotherapy the client doesn't get to explore their own um, kind of roots cause of what's happening the client doesn't get to um, connect the dots and empower themselves and reparent their inner child it's oftentimes um, the um, the hypnotherapist giving like leading it and just telling the client well now you feel this now you know this was the rtt we really get to explore and it's very much client-led and i'm just holding the space the client goes where they need to go you know, if there's any kind of unresolved conversations that need to happen, they can happen in the session. Um, you get to really connect with your inner child and, and start the reparenting process. And it really sets you up to support yourself after the session as well, because you have such a deep understanding of where your patterns are stemming from. So you, you will just know so much better, like what your inner child needs and how to support yourself in, in a moment you know, before you, you kind of loop back to your old patterns that you're moving out of. 
Yeah. And I've had a session with you, so I know how empowering it is. And I think that sense of self-awareness from a client's perspective is so important rather than just going to any practitioner, regardless of what we're talking about and having them kind of take over and fix it as such in air quotes. Um, I love that in the RTT session with you, I felt like I was in control of what came up and I was able to kind of have those shifts and realizations throughout the session. It wasn't led by you, but it was, it just felt completely led by my subconscious mind. And that was amazing. Yeah. And, and that's huge. Like for me, a lot of my work as, as the, I don't like the word therapist, but the, the space holder is to not assume that I know, not assume that I mm. know where this is going or that I can connect these dots and really just allow the client to come up with, with what, what they feel, what they see, because that's like, you have everything you need already within you. I'm just giving you the tools to access it for yourself. Yeah. For sure. And I love that you started with nutrition and ended up working with subconscious mind because as you know, my journey is so similar, like naturopathy to kinesiology. It's like you get to a point with the physical stuff and it's like, okay, hang on, there's more here. What do we need to dig into? What's actually going on underneath this? Um, so yeah, very similar journeys that we've had. Yeah. And, um, and I will say, I'd like, I do believe that nutrition is such a beautiful gateway to this deeper work because you know, once we start looking at what we're putting into our bodies, when we, once we become aware of the patterns and our relationship with food, it's such a gateway to the deeper things. But yeah. I, I find that it's almost like such an organic and beautiful pathway. Like a lot of my nutrition clients converted into RTT clients because it's such, like now we know it's not about the food. We know it's, there's a self-sabotaging behavior here. Let's look at that. So yeah, I yeah. just- it makes sure. to me perfect sense. Yeah. And I think it's a really safe place for a lot of people to start as well. It's like, oh, let me clean up my diet and I can hire someone to help me work with that. And then once we actually get to the crux of it, it's just kind of this like soft evolution into the subconscious work. Um, yes. Do you find that clients sometimes get scared about going into hypnosis or working with the subconscious mind? Yes, because, you know, because of these misconceptions and, and oftentimes like when, when we, I know for me, when I heard hypnosis, I thought about, you know, someone making me quack like a duck or dance with a broom mm. and everyone laughing. Um, so part of my work is educating my clients and really, really um, creating a safe container where they know that they feel held, they'll feel safe. Um, yeah, I, it's definitely thing and I all I also know that anyone anyone like this really works for anyone as long as you're um committed to it and my my experience so far like I I haven't met a client that it didn't work for so oh, even okay. even with the fears I have um I have tools I have techniques to really just create that beautiful self safe um container and that relationship and that rapport so that you can just ease into into the session even if you have like a bit of fear and you start off with a bit of tension and it can take a little bit longer it's perfectly normal and understandable and, and it's almost like built in to my work because because of how common it is and mm -hmm. a lot of the things that I I will tell my clients is um you know just trust because in that state, we'll say something, and then we're like, "Oh, did I 
did I make that up? Is that real? Is that my subconscious? Is that my conscious? And we, we start second guessing what comes up. And I always say, whatever comes up is perfect. Like, don't mm. get in the way of it. Because even if it's, even if it's fr like from your thinking mind, from your conscious mind, it's still perfect. Like the mind just knows what needs to come up. So you can just kind of let go and trust the process. It really is always perfect. I love that. Do you have a specialty in the work that you do? Or as you said, does it really kind of work for anyone and everything? Um, it can work for anyone and anything as long as, as the client is committed and, and on board. Um, my specialty was emotional eating um, and disordered eating and that kind of thing. And really, it really transformed into basically um any any unwanted behaviors that stem from not enoughness or fear of rejection and and us kind of getting stuck in and protective protective strategies that are keeping us safe but are basically stopping us from truly living our lives truly you know expressing ourselves living authentically and this can look like anything from perfectionism to addictions to relationship issues like fears, phobias, it really can be anything. It's more around having the awareness that there is a pattern that is standing in your way that you're ready to shift. And if you're ready to shift it, then 100% we can, we can do it. And I'm, and I'm very much um, like in my intake process, I'm very much about making sure that it's a full body yes for me and a full mm. body yes for my client. I, I, it's not like I say this can work for anyone. It doesn't mean that I will work with anyone yeah it's important to me to make sure that it's it's a match I love that um you've shared a couple of kind of examples along the way of RTT and, and how that subconscious mind kind of controls so much of what we do do you have like a favorite client story or some kind of um anecdote that you could share with us just to kind of explain further this um relationship between the conscious and subconscious yeah, there's so many. Um, <laughs> there's one that I just feel like really, really articulates it really well. Um, this is a client that came to me. She's already lost quite a bit of weight and then she suddenly got stuck and she had a bit more weight to lose and there was nothing, nothing she could do that seemed to shift it any further. Like she knew she had the meal plans. She knew what to do. She did really well. But then suddenly something was um, stopping her. And it was like every Monday she would be like, okay, back in, back in the game. And then by lunchtime, it was out the window. And so in the RTT session, what came up was that as a child, as a little girl, she always felt like the black sheep of the family. She felt like her sister was a good girl. She was a troublemaker. She always felt like she didn't quite belong. And her family were Italian and they were big people and they ate. That's how they connected. That's, that was their love language through food. And what we discovered in the session was that she formed a belief that when she's bigger, when she's carrying more weight, she belongs to her family. So once she was losing the weight, her subconscious mind went, hang on, if I'm thin, I'm not safe because I'll be cast out. And that's one of our primal, primal needs is to, is to belong. And so once she knew that, she could basically see how irrelevant and inappropriate carrying that belief is 
now as the adult she is today. Um, and once she made that connection and she was able to speak to her inner child and, and reframe those beliefs and, and, and really like um, establish and, and anchor in the new beliefs that were relevant and empowering to her now, she was like, she was back on track. This was just before Christmas where she, she's already made an agreement with herself that, oh, I'm just gonna let Christmas slide. And she knew that that was gonna be a slippery slope. But after that, she messaged me, she's like, I'm, I'm researching keto Christmas pudding. And like, oh, <laughs> like she was just back on. And that was her goal. And, and, and that was a belief that was standing in her way. And once it was cleared, she was, she was happy. And interestingly, that same client was soon after that trying to um, become pregnant. And so having that belief around being thin um, was no longer serving her because she needed her body to feel safe and gaining weight again. Mm. There was more work to do around that afterwards. But this is just to give you an idea of how, how the mind really, really is in control of our actions and choices. And I remember through my own journey with, you know, food and weight and body image and all of those things, when I realized that it was just old, unhelpful beliefs and fears that were keeping me stuck in the same patterns, it took such a weight off my shoulders because I honestly thought that there was something wrong with me. Like, why do I get to a certain point and then everything goes to crap and nothing changes? Um, and so when like so many of my clients are scared to dig into the subconscious, but I think it's so important that they understand that it's actually the most empowering thing you can do. It's way more scary to stay stuck in those old programs and keep all that old baggage that you're holding onto and kind of feel out of control in your life. But when you're able to dig in and just uncover what's behind it, like what is actually driving my behavior 95% of the time, it's such a weight off your shoulders. It's so empowering and so liberating. Um, so I really love that example because, um, yeah, we just, as you said, we tend to hold shame around our actions and our habits and we tend to blame ourselves. But when you're able to look deeper and actually figure out what's behind it, it's like, oh, wow. And now I can work with that. Now I can change that. Yeah. And, and like that fear that people feel before diving into this work is very understandable because we are wired to feel safe in whatever is familiar, even if that familiar situation isn't serving us, it still mm -hmm. feels safe because it's familiar. And so, and that's why, you know, most humans don't love change. That's why, you know, we question why people stay in abusive relationships. It, even though it's not physically safe, and it obviously isn't safe to an outsider, to their nervous system, to their body, to their um, subconscious mind. There's a level of safety in familiar familiarity. Mm. Losing my words here. Um, so yeah, that fear is completely, completely normal. And if you if we look at if we look at it like the 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 subconscious mind works with with habits. Like it's once things are habituated, we don't need to think about them. We just do them. And this goes to anything from you know, learning how to walk, learning how to ride a bike. Like if we had to relearn how to walk every morning when we got up, we'd never get anywhere. So <laughs> anything we can have, right? The mind will, the mind will, which is why, you know, when we start any new habit, whether it be um, grabbing a jar of peanut butter and, and a spoon every night after dinner, or whether it be going to the gym every morning, 
once we do it repeatedly, it becomes a habit. The mind doesn't know the difference between a good habit and a bad, bad habit. It just knows habit. Mm. So again, like taking away that kind of shame around it and trusting that, yes, it's, it's scary, which is why it's really important to, to feel safe with, with whoever um, you're choosing to work with is so important. Yeah. Because when, when, when you're, yeah, when you're held safely um, as you're guided through that work, there really, there really isn't um, space for that fear once, once you get in it. Yeah, for sure. And from my own experience with um, the session I had with you, it was just like a really deep meditation. I felt so safe and so held and um, yeah, it was just like a deep relaxation. It was nowhere near as scary as I thought it would be. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I hear that a lot. And I, and I think it is, I even, I've had so many RTT sessions and I still get nervous before them because there's always mm -hmm. that, what am I going to discover? What am I going to find out? What if nothing comes up? That's a big fear as well, um, which is perfectly normal. And that's the beauty of the hypnosis because it is, like you say, just a guided meditation or guided relaxation. So you're, people at some point like become, can become hypnosis junkies a little bit because it oh, is, really? it is that relaxing and you do feel so good when you come out of it that there is you know yeah <laughs> once it feels comfortable it's like oh take me back there that was good yeah take me there yeah and people will sometimes you know if, if they have chronic pain they may not feel the pain while they're, they're in that state mm. wow it is very nice yeah yeah beautiful thank you for sharing that story with us as well um I would love to know how your insight and awareness into the subconscious mind and all of this stuff helps you in your own life in your own personal life day to day yeah, oof, there's a lot there. Um, <laughs> I think once you understand the language of the mind and how the mind takes in information and processes, processes, processes it, I can't talk today. You're good. Um, <laughs> you really start becoming aware of the words you say to yourself. Um, like if, you know, most of our thoughts are on loop 24 seven, and most of them are very disempowering and we all I shouldn't say all, but many of us, you know, have mean inner critics that are chatting in our ears all day long, telling us how bad we are and how stupid we are, whatever it is. So bringing awareness to that and catching that and looking at like, who's, whose voice is this and where is it coming from? Like across the board, awareness precedes choice. So as soon as we bring awareness to that voice, we can, we can actually like stop it and choose to say different words to ourselves. Mm. Or even, even not just the things we think, like the things we say, if I'm walking around saying, oh my God, I can't cope and the kids are driving crazy and life is so hard, then that's, that's going to be shaping my reality because part of the way the mind works is that it, it creates whatever it believes, it will create it as your reality because it's, it, that is the truth. So you're going to be basically filtering your reality through your subconscious beliefs so if I have a belief that life is hard and motherhood is hard all I'm going to notice is how my kids are playing up and how tired I am and blah 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 whereas if I catch myself and I'm like you know affirming myself I'm doing the best I can yes I'm tired but it's almost bedtime I've got this I can get through this you know it completely changes how I show up and how I feel within myself. And I've even tried this on things like if I get up in the morning and I haven't had enough sleep 
and I'm like, oh my God, I'm so tired. And I'm, I only had four hours sleep. That's going to have me looping in how tired I am. Mm-hmm. And I can actually lie, lie to the mind and say, oh, I feel so refreshed. I had the best night's sleep. And I can, I can tell that to the mind and it will actually take it on. I love that. And, and the thing is with lying to your mind, we're doing it anyway, because when you, when, when your mind is saying you're not good enough, you're not lovable enough, all that crap we say, they're all lies. Yeah, so right. we well tell ourselves better lies. Yeah, that's so true. <laughs> so it's really having that awareness of your own thoughts and, and what's kind of looping around in your mind so that you can be more conscious about the reality you're creating with that. Yeah, and then noticing how your rea- reality actually shifts when you do shift the, the words you say to yourself. And, mm. you know, the, your ma- I call, I'll call them my ma- like our mantras. You know, like you hear yourself, there's, there's going to be a mantra that, you know, people say, I can't cope or this thing is hard. And we repeat that. And it's like, oh, I hate going to work, whatever it may be. They become our mantras. So mm. we just change our mantras to, to better ones. Yeah. And I love that, um, what you said a bit earlier about whose voice is that? Because I think that's a really powerful question. It's like, is that actually my voice or is that something I heard from someone else growing up. Is it something that I heard someone else say to me or to themselves? Like, where has that actually stemmed from? Um, and that kind of brings light to it as well. Yeah, that's huge. And like knowing how, like the inner critic is really there as a protector. And usually it's formed from, you know, when we're little and we don't know right from wrong, we're gathering information. So we see that when we do this thing, we get love and attention and, and whatever. And when we do this thing, we're, we're a bad girl and we're naughty and we're, you know, love is being taken away from us. So we create these rules. This means good. This means bad. Mm. And that just stays with us. And oftentimes that voice is a lot harsher than our harshest. Um, let's say it was mom's voice that was telling us, do this, don't do that. We're going to become even harsher than mom because mm. it's that that way at least we're we're in control of it and we can we can keep ourselves safe so that mom doesn't have to get angry yeah does that make sense yeah for sure it's like if i am harder on myself than anyone else is then i can fix it within myself first and try and control my environment or other people's reactions yeah exactly and this can show up in relationships like if i if I don't let anyone get close to me, then no one can hurt me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, then I'm, but then I'm alone and I'm in pain. So it's that. Yeah, it's just really interesting to see how our, you know, the, the, the mind really works to protect us, but yes. it's actually harming us. So that's what we really get to, to shift. Yeah, and it's something that I'm so um, like conscious of explaining to people is when we talk about self-sabotaging behaviours, it's not that your mind is working against you. It's not that your mind is trying to harm you or sabotage you. It's actually a protective mechanism. Part of your brain thinks that by doing that behaviour or whatever it is, it's keeping you safe. Um, And so I think that kind of helps people understand that it's not part of you against you or trying to, you know, keep you stuck or anything like that it's actually part of you trying to care for you and keep you safe because it believes these certain things yes yeah spot on it's such a huge part like I said before because it it can bring in the compassion Mm -hmm. because if we keep judging these parts of us and we keep resisting them and wishing them away 
they're only gonna they're only they're like I like to see them as little kids like tugging at your sleeve they just want to yeah. be seen and heard yeah so yeah so I use that hold- analogy often yeah oh beautiful. it's like yeah. yeah if a kid's trying to get your attention and you're ignoring them they're just going to get louder and louder and louder so if you're trying to push away parts of yourself and ignore them they will eventually get louder until the point where you can't ignore them yeah and if you turn to the screaming kid and say what do you need and they say I'm thirsty and you just give them a glass of water <laughs> yeah 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 I love that I feel like we're so similar in so many ways this is great um so for anyone listening to the podcast who is kind of listening to this and going oh maybe I need to start working with the subconscious and kind of digging into that what advice would you give to them where would you suggest that they get started with this um as in working with just within themselves yeah anything if you would recommend that first or you would recommend getting support straight up um well that's completely up to the individual um I think that like I said awareness is really the first step but awareness isn't everything Mm because once we have awareness we can sometimes fall into this oh my god there is so much wrong with me or so much I need to fix which I'm using inverted commas because Mm -hmm we're whole and complete just as we are. And there are things standing in our way, which we have learned, learned behaviors that we took on to, to keep us safe um, from different experiences in our lives. But it's, it's about stripping those away. So once we have awareness like, okay, what can we do now? And there are so many different tools and modalities and, and practitioners and therapists that you can go see. So that really depends on what resonates with you but a big a big clue for me is just looking at your life and looking at your external environment your external reality because really that's that's um reflecting your internal environment so looking at what area in life and like danny for you for example it was it was um you had so many like beautiful things happening in your life there was this one specific area where it was a bit of like you know some, you knew something was holding you back there and mm-hmm. that's when you, you chose to, to reach out to me um so it's like really identifying where where are your blocks or where is that domain in your life that you know that you can do better and you're you're just kind of a bit stuck mm-hmm. um you know that would be that would be the place to really try and reach out and and get get deeper into what's really going on and I think that's so true that uh, we can get so overwhelmed when we first start becoming aware of you know the subconscious and all of this stuff it's like oh my gosh where do I even start like there's so much that I need to work on um so I love that kind of just picking the one the most prominent one the one that feels strongest for you um and I guess in an RTC session with you whatever's meant to come up will come up right 100% and sometimes it's like the 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 thing I always say to clients work with what's on the surface what because people sometimes come with a list (laughs) this thing and that thing (laughs) that's like okay what's what's most present for you what's most alive and then choose that and sometimes that one thing will just unravel everything else there's always going to be a ripple effect because everything touches everything and how you do one thing is how you do everything and sometimes we just we just discovered that that was just the first layer. And, and once that's out of the way, there's this whole beautiful new layer that we get to explore and, and, you know, and just keep peeling. So there's no really like 
one one way to do this and and sometimes it's really obvious that it's just the one thing that's standing in your way and sometimes it's more kind of complex and multi-layered and and that's okay too and sometimes like i've had clients who will like once every six months or once a year will just book into a session and like clear something out and, and off they go whereas i have clients who will you know work with me more regularly because um, i offer coaching as well so we do more of a package to really kind of support and and integrate the work into their lives as well. So it just depends on on where you're at. Yeah, definitely. And I'm just going to repeat something you said earlier about feeling safe with the person that you choose to do this work with. Um, I think it's easy to get caught up in labels, like do I do RTT? Do I do kinesiology? Do I go and see a psychologist? Like where do I need to start? Um, and I... I always say to my clients that the number one thing is who do you resonate with? Who do you feel safe with and start there? And it may be that you work with them like long-term. It may be that you need them for your starting point of the journey. And then there's someone else. Um, But that feeling of safety and um, just being seen for where you are right there when you start your journey with them um, is really such a powerful part of the healing journey in itself. Yes, I, I deeply resonate with what you just said. And, and also knowing that wherever you are right now is perfect. And I'm a big believer that the, the teacher appears when the student is, re- is ready. Um, mm-hmm. And whatever that may be for you now can look completely different six months down the track. Yes. And knowing that there's no, there's no mistakes, like things unfold. Like I, I, the way that my professional career kind of, I, was, I thought nutrition was everything. And then I've trained in different modalities since then and I keep and I'm still training and I'm still learning and I'm still you know um like adapting the way that I work with my clients and I used to see it as like oh maybe nutrition was a waste of of time because that's not the thing but I can now see how that was a stepping stone that led me into the next thing and the next thing and the next thing and I already know that where I am now is a stepping stone to the next thing and I just find that the healing journey is the same too so you yeah. just get to follow it and trust and really just following, um, yeah, that feeling of, of safety and what resonates is really the best thing you can do. Yeah, for sure. And it's, I guess it's the starting point in trusting yourself as well when you're on that journey is like, you make the decision. You don't need to be convinced by any coach or therapist that you need them, but trust your own inner knowing and follow that nudge. Yes, that's another, that's another huge thing that I actually work with a lot of my clients on is the self-trust because mm. we are so used to following orders and following someone else's rules and you know whether it's at home or at school or wherever and especially if like let's say our parents are very rule bound or, or school was very rule bound and we got um you know praise and love and we did well and performed well and that can really remove us from our our intuition and our inner guidance so oftentimes like and I don't know if you feel that in your practice as well, but clients will kind of look to you for the answers. Yes. And I'm, I'm very big with like, I'm just the mirror <laughs> and you have the answers and really empowering the client to, to trust themselves. Yeah, no, I actually had that um, last night in a client session. I took a client through a, a guided visualization just to help her get some clarity around something that she was struggling with. And as she came out of the visualization, she said, no, you're right, Danny, like, and explained why I was right. And I I was like, I didn't do anything. I just facilitated you. That came from your inner knowing that was inside of you already. 
Um, so yeah, that, that sense of self-trust definitely, I think gets squashed for most of us in childhood. Um, and when we're able to come back to that and just connect back in with ourselves, it's so powerful. And I love the thought of being able to set my clients up with those tools ongoing so that they don't need me as such. It's like, here's, here's some self-trust. Like, this is how you trust yourself. This is how you trust your intuition. This is how you connect with yourself. And it's those tools that will help them moving forward. Um, and then, you know, obviously we're there as practitioners whenever our clients need us. But I think that empowering them to get back to self-trust and back to connecting with themselves is so powerful long-term. A hundred percent. My goal is for my clients to not need me. Right. I always <laughs> used to say that. <laughs> my uni lecturers were like, well, you won't do very well in business. <laughs> Really? <laughs> right. I, look, it is. I mean, it's it's definitely a paradigm shift, but I truly believe that that is true value. I, like that's okay. it just doesn't I don't want anyone depending on I don't want anyone transforming their the very patterns that they're trying to heal onto me and then me yeah. having to like hold them through that. It's like I want to be empowering everyone to know that they have whatever they need and they are equipped with the tools that they need to then navigate life and sure like your shit am I allowed to swear here yeah go for it <laughs> your stuff ne it never like it doesn't stop coming up there's always going to be the next level the next layer the next thing but the more the more empowered you are and the more equipped you are with tools to navigate through that stuff the more the less you're going to need the practitioner and and like I think it's always good to have someone like a coach or someone guiding you because um, there's a lot that we that we can't see ourselves and it's good to have like someone holding the space for that deeper discovery. Yeah. And I also don't think that we should always be digging and always looking to better ourselves and fix ourselves and because that can become an addiction and that can become a pattern and a distract and a distraction. Mm -hmm. So it's that fine balance of like okay, maybe I can just like give myself some integration time and just, and just be for a while. And just and enjoy life and the whole process and not focus on what's wrong with me. A hundred percent. Yeah. For sure. Cool. Is there anything else that you wanted to share with um, anyone who's listening right now thinking about the subconscious mind and everything we've spoken about? Um, just one little thing when like the language of the mind is um, very simple and the mind understands like present tense and and positive so if I say I uh, um, I don't want to be sick my mind is hearing sick it's always the word that paints the picture that the mind will hear it doesn't hear yesterday tomorrow maybe like don't wasn't mm -hmm. it doesn't hear those words so even when we say things like no worries, which we say a lot in Australia, mm. the focus is worry. Um, mm. So there's all these little things that we say that we don't even, we don't even think about that can actually um, contribute to our reality not being as optimal as we'd like them to be. So just, yeah, just being aware of, of how, how you speak, um, yeah how you speak to yourself in the way that your mind can understand because your mind really wants the best for you mm. but we we don't know how to collaborate with it so we work against it unknowingly so the more you understand how 
to speak to your mind, the more you can do a lot of this work yourself. Yeah, for sure. So something like, I don't want to be sick. What would you use instead? I want to be healthy. Cool. Or I, I am healthy. Not yeah. even that I, I want, the mind doesn't get that, but I am healthy. So just like, it's a, it's a present tense um, statement. Yeah. Positive and present tense. Yeah. Positive and present tense. Yeah. Super important. I love that. And even, even things, if we're talking about being sick and healthy, um, saying things like, and I, I did this, um, there's a beautiful book called, um, oh, the name escapes me now. Um, something like the workings of your subconscious mind, or I'll find That's it. A, and you we can, can pop it in the show notes. Yeah. Out. But basically it talks about um, healing. It's a lot about physical healing through talking to the mind. Mm. And um, so I tried that out when I first read that book. And I was basically just, just before I fell asleep at night. And as soon as I woke up in the morning, or if I woke, woke up at night, because that's when your brain is most um, pliable. That's when you're actually naturally in that alpha brainwave state. I would just affirm in my head. Um, it was after I had a wisdom tooth extraction and Anyway, I would just affirm in my head, um, my body knows exactly how to heal. Mm. My cells are doing this. Like I was really just talking to myself about what I wanted my body to be doing. My immune system is strong. Da, 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 da. And whatever was happening, I think there was an infection that was kind of brewing and I was trying to avoid antibiotics mm-hmm. and it actually worked. And I was like, damn. And this was before, <laughs> this was before I studied RTT. This was kind of like where I started to realize how powerful this stuff is. Mm. Um, yeah, that stuff, it, it really works. Like the mind is really like one of the most powerful forces driving us. So if we, if we learn how to work with it, man, like we become unstoppable. Yeah, for sure. And it just takes a few of those experiences where you just kind of play with it and see what happens. And then it actually works. And it's like, well okay there's something here and it's just affirmation to kind of keep going with it and keep using it and working with it 100 percent. well thank you so much for joining us today that was awesome chat we will have um all your links in the show notes um on where people can find you and um reach out to you if they're wanting support with anything um but yeah really appreciate you coming on the show and chatting to us about that today yeah thanks for having me it was great Thank you so much for listening to this episode. You can help me get this podcast out to more people by subscribing, leaving a review and sharing it with your friends and family. Please check the episode notes in your app for links to the full show notes, as well as links to my socials and anything I've mentioned in this episode. And as always, be kind to yourself, be patient with yourself and give yourself permission to change. Sending you big love and virtual hugs.